Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. Do you hear that little pep in my voice? It's not because it's Valentine's Day, but you know, happy Valentine's Day to all the lovers out there, the people who love, the people who are loved, the people who are in love with themselves. Hopefully that covers everybody. Valentine's Day is great, but the exciting part is that I'm finally figuring out my new city. It's day six, it's six o'clock. I currently have no power in my apartment. All the electronics are off, but I told you I bought that UPS thing, essentially a gigantic battery pack that's charging my laptop. So my laptop is always in use. My Wi-Fi stays on a backup generator, so I never lose signal there. Plus I have a SIM card with a personal hotspot for my South Africa phone. And I have my American phone on AT&T, which also gives me a personal hotspot. And that issue is super reliable. So like power wise, I feel like I have it not under control, but I'm managing better. Day one, when I recorded, I was like, I don't know about this. Like, I don't, I don't know about Johannesburg. I was trying to hold it together. Some of y'all can hear it in my voice. Like, come home. No, no. I said I was coming here. I said I was going to figure it out. It's a city of 8 million people that have figured out how to make a way and thrive. I'm going to figure it out while I'm here. I've been getting out and about in the city. This weekend, I went to Mabonang which when I was here 10 years ago was like giving very Brooklyn Williamsburg vibes, but like with all black people, so much cute shopping, so many cute cafes. Like it was really like a dope spot. And when I was thinking about moving to Johannesburg, I was looking at lofts downtown and was thinking about moving to Mabonang. And several of my friends were like, absolutely not. It has changed. It's been 10 years, which you remember is not what it is. And I was like, how bad could it be? If I had moved down there, I would have been mortified. So let me say this. I went over the weekend, I was solo, and I showed up expecting it to be what it was, and it's not that anymore. What I'm told is COVID, like many, many places, like fucked up a lot of things that were on the on that verge, on the cusp of like blowing. COVID just messed up a lot of things, and I think um, that neighborhood, unfortunately, is one of them. Let me say this. I went over there. It's probably like 20 minutes away from where I'm staying. I'm staying out in the potent unquote burbs. Like you're not staying in downtown Atlanta. It's like staying in Vinings. That's probably the closest approximation I can give you. It's real, real cute over here. So I went over there. It's probably like 20 minutes away. I didn't feel safe, but nothing happened to me. No one was aggressive. No one was out of pocket. It was an uncomfortable number of men swirling around. To the point that it was like 20, 30 men and like to every one woman. And I was like, where are all the women at? Like, this is not, this is not comfortable for me. And I could be bringing all of my American biases about what it is to walk down the street as a woman and men catcall and sexually harass and all of that. None of that happened. I was like, maybe this is me showing up with my Americanness, but I just wasn't comfortable. So I was taking pictures because they have amazing street art. A very nice gentleman was like, hey, put your phone away. And I was like, well, no, I'm taking pictures and I'm putting it back in my bag. And he was like, yeah, somebody will come snatch your phone while you're taking the picture and run off. Like, stop that. And I was like, oh, okay. So maybe it's not that safe. I don't know. But if I have to ask if it's an, I don't know situation, then I feel like it's time for me to go home. So I left there and I went to another part of town, also downtown called Brom. 
it's a longer name. I can't, you know, I can't pronounce it. American names be fucking me up. These South African names, I need somebody to phonetically spell out everything for me. But the, but the shorthand for the neighborhood is called Brom. They have this little space that's called 44 Stanley, and it gives very much kind of Georgetownish vibes. But like Georgetown, back in the day when Georgetown was kitschy and cute and cool, it's very gentrified vibes, just to also be clear. But it was really cute. It had a bunch of shops and a bunch of cute cafes and a bunch of expensive candles. I bought one of them. I love the smell of roses and this candle smelled like a rose. I was like, "Eh, okay, I'll take it. And then I had brunch there and it was really, really cute. So like I'm learning my way around slowly, but surely. And then yesterday I went to, it's probably a lunch, but I'm gonna call it a brunch. We split a bottle of rose on a random Monday for no apparent reason. And I had like this excellent pasta. It was like a mushroom truffle ravioli. A pasta entree, and then we split a bottle of wine, and I think the tab was $30 each, $30 USD each, and I was like, you're kidding me. But this really cool woman, she's an American, she lives like five minutes up the street from me. She reached out to me on Instagram, like, hey, I'd love to meet you while you're here. Do you want to grab lunch someday? I scrolled her Instagram feed to make sure that she wasn't a serial killer. She's actually a really sweet girl from Philly, and lo and behold, we have friends in common. This woman that I, friend in my head, Um, She also lives in Johannesburg and she recently got married and I was talking about, it was like, oh yeah, my friend that lives here who just got married and her boyfriend is the same ethnicity as my friend's husband. And so I was telling her about my friend and I was like, oh yeah, like my friend married a guy from there and now they're having a baby and blah, blah, blah. She's like, what's your friend's name? And she was like, oh my God, her husband is one of my boyfriend's best friends. Is the world that small? I keep having this revelation. You would think after I kept running into people in Ghana that knew my people from like back home in America, I would, you know, kind of get it. But I was like, Johannesburg is far from home. Ghana's like a 10 hour straight shot across the Atlantic. Johannesburg is 15 hours, like all the way to the South of Africa. And still all black folks that are like doing something decent with themselves all know each other worldwide. Fuck a language barrier. doesn't matter. Worldwide. Figure it out. I love it. I have some other lunches lined up this week. I wanted to do dinners. I told you I started on a new project. Day one was yesterday. I started at 11 p.m. Definitely for this week, maybe for next week, and then a couple other weeks, maybe not consecutively over the next month or so. I'm consulting on a TV show. Last night was the first night. You would think sitting on a Zoom call, starting work, at 11 p.m. would be some sort of like hell on earth, right? I loved every freaking minute of it. And I've been avoiding being in a writer's room for various reasons, but I'm in this writer's room and I'm not there as a writer. I'm there as a consultant to brainstorm ideas and such. But I'm on this Zoom and they're talking about men and sex toys and how there's not like good quality product for men to get off like there's all this stuff for women like the rose and the rabbit and a whole bunch of other things but they were like you know men are still pretty much regulated to the hand and i was like no madame what about the gawk gawk 3000 and it mind you this is mostly black people and they were like the gawk gawk 3000 So they type it in and they were like, whoa. And I was like, yo, all this random information about dating, relationships, sex, sex toys, just all this stuff I catalog in my head just because it was my life and my livelihood for so long. I finally found a place to sit it all down and put it to good use. 
all my random relationship stories or all those ass Demetrias, all the crazy stuff that my friends have told me will just be in this chat. And I'm like, oh, it just triggers so many thoughts. I'm like, oh, I got a story for that. Oh, there's a woman that wrote in. Oh, this happened to my friend. Oh, I dated a guy like that. Oh, I was married to somebody like that. It just, oh, do you hear the joy? I feel like I found my purpose. Well, another purpose. But I hit up my lawyer earlier today and I was like, yo, I think I want to write again. And she was like, and as opposed to the way you write like every day, I'm not of the opinion that Instagram captions count. She is the opinion. She is of the opinion that they do. I'm like, I just fire that stuff off. And she was like, yeah, but you can fire it off because you've been doing it so long. You can fire it off because you spent 20 years perfecting it. And I was like, well, okay, fine. I get it. But still, I feel like I found a new purpose. Like I'm looking forward to being up half the night. (sighs) I also went to celebrate Valentine's Day. I don't have a Valentine in Johannesburg. A very nice gentleman. Remember the guy who asked me to, um, to go to the resort with him? And it was a day resort. So I was like, no, I'm never going. I'm not going. I'm not going. He's my friend's cousin. And then I went and I was like, yo, he's really dope. He's a really nice guy. The guy who slapped my hand when I reached for the check, him. He hit me. I don't know if he's in Ghana or he's in America, but he hit me earlier today and was like, will you be my Valentine D? And I was like, oh, very sweet. Um, but I don't have a Valentine here in Johannesburg. So I wanted to figure out a way to celebrate. I didn't know where to go buy flowers, but I did know that I was looking a little raggedy. I hadn't like had any maintenance since I was in Ghana. I got my hair done and my lashes done the day before I left. I got my nails done the day I left. I got a wax the week I left, but it's been like, you know, three, three and a half weeks. Like I, I needed some, I needed some care, but I was showing a little wear and tear. So I found this really cute salon. Honestly, it's walking distance from my house. Everyone has warned me against just walking around my neighborhood. I'm like, it's like the suburbs. It's like super safe. And they're like, do not walk outside. I was like, okay, y'all live here. Y'all know better than I do, but okay. But I went to the salon and I booked a gel mani-pedi with French on both, a wax and a 30-minute massage, $110 USD. And it was like one of really like fufu shishi, like fancy salons. Like it was like really, really cute. It looks like something that my mom used to go to when I was a kid. I think I took video. If I did, I'll post it. But like super, super cute salon. But that was my V-Day. I wanted to take myself to lunch or brunch or something like that because there's so many cute restaurants here. I had to come home and record the podcast and then prepare for the Zoom tonight. So for my Valentine's Day meal, I popped into a gas station and got a hummus wrap and three coffee frappuccinos so I can stay up until 1 a.m. It's not the most romantic of days, but I'm not mad at it. Somehow still a 10. I stayed up last night. I was giddy after the Zoom. I couldn't go straight to sleep. So I had got advanced episodes for Snowfall. The sixth and final season starts next week. I think it's the 22nd. Don't quote me on that. I have the first two episodes. And so I stayed up last night and watched them. I can't review the show until it drops. I'm under embargo by the network. Episode one, solid. Very good episode. It's what you expect from Snowfall. Episode two, the last three and a half minutes of that episode, I rewound Literally, no exaggeration, 10 times. That's all I can tell you at this point. Y'all know Snowfall is my show. Out of all the shows that I talk about, Snowfall is my show. And it's not even just because of Damson Idris. It's because it's a great story, well told consistently over, at this point, we can vouch for five seasons. 
I would usually go ahead and just assume six would be good just because the first five have been amazing. I'm just still bitter about the way Game of Thrones ended. They gave us six great seasons and then fumbled the seventh. I don't think this will happen with Snowfall. I just can't speak definitively anymore. Previous great seasons means nothing. Sometimes the writer's room just goes nuts. So good. So, so good. Speaking of so good shows, I haven't finished Your Honor. I got through season one. And the finale of season one had me so stuck. I told you I sat there with my mouth hanging open and people were like, oh, it couldn't be that good, Demetria. Stop it. Oh, it can't be that. And then people went and watched it. It was like, holy shit. I sat there stuck. I told you. I told you. But I need to finish watching Your Honor because it's in the middle of season two. Like new episodes are dropping. And usually I would just wait until the end of the season and just binge everything. But I really do want to see what happens next. I just... It was just so much. It was just so much. I haven't even checked to see if I get Showtime over here. I got a VPN, so I hope so. We do have good black news this week. I'm going to talk about the Super Bowl in a second. Calm down. Good black news this week. I guess it's all good black news, to be quite honest. Michael B. Jordan is on the cover of Rolling Stone. The cover, so-so. The inside images, goddamn. I don't have a copy of the magazine. I've just been watching what Michael B. Jordan and Rolling Stone have been posting on Instagram. Again, god damn. I forgot he was that fine. I think, stay with me. This is not a PC thought way of thinking, but it's, it's what I thought. I have nothing against Lori Harvey. I don't think that she was a downgrade for him in any way. But something about their relationship and then they broke up. He just, I don't know. He just didn't seem as, as, as lovely to me anymore. And you know, I'm a huge Michael B. Jordan fan. Like, you know how I feel about Creed and how many times I watched it. What's a John? You got a John? Like, I, I love that dude. I don't know. Something about like him post Lori. And maybe because I think Lori was invested too, but I think he was really invested in her. I think he really was in love with her. I have no idea how she felt, what she felt. Like, it doesn't even really matter to me. But I think like it just, humbled is not the right word. I think it's, I think it was a little broken. After that situation, his energy was off. It could have been that whenever we spotted him, he was exhausted. For the last few months, he's been either filming Creed or editing Creed. This is his directorial debut. Somebody sent me a page of Michael B. Jordan, and it's all like these behind-the-scenes clips from Creed. And so it's him in, you know, full boxer makeup. Sometimes he's beat up or whatever. But he's dressed in character, and then he's, like, looking through lenses or he's playing back footage. He's doing double duty. So that's one thing to, like, you know, to direct it and then act in it. And then also, you know, being involved in, like, the editing process to get everything, like, up to par, to get it in theaters. Maybe the man was just tired. Maybe the way he's, his, his energy was giving had absolutely nothing to do with his breakup whatsoever. Like, the man was working. It, it very much could have been that. But he, he just wasn't giving me, like, the, the zooby zooby zoo that he usually does. There was a picture the other day. He's in Paris. I don't think it was for Men's Fashion Week because Men's Fashion Week has been over for a minute, but it could have been old footage. But his stylist, shout out to Jason Bolden. His eye is fucking amazing. Oh my God. But Jason posted a video of Michael B. Jordan leaving a restaurant in Paris. He got his swagger back. And I was like, oh, oh. And then literally the next day, Rolling Stone dropped its cover, which is just all right. But the pictures... 
There's like a black and white set of pictures. One of them is like from behind. He's got like this, um, literally a pearl necklace, not like in the porn kind of way, but there's like a pearl necklace, like maybe a rosary situation. And it's like the way it's framing him. Like he just looks just wide, just, just a big, wide, fine, just wide and fine. Like, oh, and then there's another picture. It's the one I posted on my Instagram page. The caption was, amen. I didn't have anything else to say. Like I saw it and I was like, wow. Sometimes that's all you can give. Like you're just that impressed. He had on some green leather pants and that's it. He was up and naked. All his titties was out. Yeah. Yeah. He's gorgeous. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I doubted you. I'm, I'm, what was I thinking? I'm sorry. <sighs> He's fine. I read his Rolling Stone cover earlier today. It's really, really good. There are, you know what? I'm not going to be shady. I'm just going to say the Rolling Stone cover is really, really good. Who's it written by? It's a black male writer. I'm scrolling up to see who did it. Carvel Wallace. I'm not familiar with Mr. Wallace, but Carvel Wallace, sir. Somebody knows Carvel. You tell Carvel he wrote his ass off on this piece. Because I read it and I was like, shit, like this is the kind of way that I'd like to write as a writer. Like I know I have my own little quirky style. But I read it and was like, shit, like I would love to write like this. It's just not my style of writing. But I was like, Carvel, yes, yes. My favorite part about the article, and I'm not going to read you excerpts from it, I don't think. Oh, maybe I will. So Michael B. Jordan is certified A-list. And I remember when I was going to Oscar parties, Emmy and Oscar parties in L.A., specifically thinking of like the macro party pre-COVID. And I was standing like right at the door waiting for the DJ, shout out to MOS, to come get me. You know, I don't have my East Coast hookups on like the West Coast. Nobody knows who the fuck I am. So I had to call the DJ. I was like, hey, Masoo. <laughs> I know Masoo since college. But if he ain't answer, I was going to call his wife because I've known her since before they got married. Somebody in this family is going to come get me from the door. Not the point. But I was standing there not able to get in. So I guess they got a call that Michael B. Jordan was coming. But they were like, yeah, Michael B., Michael B., Michael B., and it was just like this, this buzzing and flurry of blonde publicists, like Michael B, Michael B. Sometimes I think, how do I want to say this? It's not an indictment of him. It's, he's Hollywood A-list. And so he gets a lot of A-list mainstream coverage. And it's often white people talking to him about the things that other white people are interested in speaking with him about and getting information about. I don't know how many articles there have been where he's been interviewed by another black man. And reading this article, I can immediately tell a difference in his demeanor, how he speaks, what he speaks about. Clearly, he had a rapport with the writer and they just did their whole black man bonding, open, vulnerable. It, it's just it's a really beautiful read. Like Michael B. Jordan, Michael B. Jordan, who sometimes people accuse him of being like whitewash or a sellout or things like that. I don't think that's the case. I think a lot of that comes from, you know, he had a habit of allegedly dating white women for a while. So I think he got a lot of flack for being white adjacent because of who he dates. Michael B. Jordan, he's always like so safe and ideal. Like he's kind of like a, a young Willard Smith in that way. This dude is in the article dropping M-bombs, F-bombs, shit, every other word. And I was like, who are you? I like this version of you. Like you seem more comfortable. You seem more free. You having a real L. Varner fuck it all type of demeanor. And I was like, and I like it. I like it lots. I'm just, I, who are you? This is, is this the new you? I'm happy to meet you. It's a really good read. I did find one thing shady about it though. 
Because they did ask him about Lori Harvey. It's literally his only public relationship. There have been other people that he's been speculated to be with. Nothing that he's been out and about and walking red carpets and any of that. Like he's 36 years old and Lori Harvey is, I think, the first person we can confirm for sure 100% that he was actually dating. So Mr. Ballas asked Michael B. Jordan about dating Lori Harvey. And he notes that, you know, he keeps it kosher and above board. But then he does like a bit of editorializing. He talks about Michael B. Jordan speaking to the Hollywood Reporter in December 2021. They'd asked him about his relationship with Lori. And he said, quote, he'd finally found what love was. Okay. This is where Mr. Wallace editorializes. He says their breakup six months later was and still is subject to swirls of unsubstantiated rumors that he was ready for marriage, but she wasn't, that she might have cheated. Did you ever hear anything about Lori cheating? I've never heard that. I heard he cheated. And again, that's just a rumor. Like, but, I, but if we're regurgitating rumors, I never once heard that Lori cheated. I was like, we just threw this up in a Rolling Stone piece. Who, who, who said that? I never heard that. Who said that? I never heard Lori cheated. I always heard it was him that cheated. When they initially broke up, the rumor was he wanted to get married. He wanted to be more serious. And Lori was like, I'm good. She's also 25. Having a marriage discussion with a 25-year-old? Maybe if you're from the deep south, but even then, like 25 and married is, is young. But again, that was just a rumor. But I was like, I never heard Lori cheated. Where did that come from? I was like, cite your sources, Mr. Wallace. Cite your sources. Was this on the shade room? Because I feel like the shade room was like the rumor is that Michael B. Jordan may have cheated. And I also think it's worth noting just because, you know, I want to be decent about this conversation. Neither one of them have ever said what happened, why they broke up. It was just they're together, then they're not. And then now she's with Damson Idris. Okay. Also interesting, I knew Michael B. Jordan had his own production company, Outlier Society. I didn't know the name of it. But I knew he was one of the producers for... Raising Dion on Netflix, the show about like the little black boy with superpowers. I knew about that. And I knew about David Makes Man that was on OWN. I never watched it, but I knew it existed. What I didn't know is that his production company is working on a remake of The Thomas Crown Affair, which is one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. Pierce Brosnan plays Thomas Crown. Two things. If I've ever dated someone and loved them, I have bought them something to keep them warm, a sweater, a coat, gloves, a jacket, something. It's just what I do. It's part of my love language. I also lay on your back. It's just a thing that I do. Like some people like to cuddle up on a sofa. If a dude is sprawled out somewhere watching TV, if I actually love your ass or I'm really, really into you, I'm going to climb on your back and just lay there like a cat or some shit. Like it's, it's what I do. But I got it from the Thomas Crown Affair. Like I love that movie. So he's producing the Thomas Crown Affair. It's implied that he would be playing Thomas Crown, which <gasps> would be amazing. I could also see Idris Elba doing it. It's kind of like a Bond-esque type thing. Or am I thinking that because Pierce Brosnan was Bond? I don't really see Michael B. Jordan as Bond, but I absolutely could see him as Thomas Crown. It's in pre-production. That's a good sign that it'll actually make it to production. I mean, it also means it's probably another two years off before it'll hit theaters, but I have hope. I can wait. I'll be all right. Last thing I want to say about this article, because I keep saying Mr. Wallace wrote his ass off. It's an it's a interview with Michael B. Jordan based around Creed Three, where he is the star of a blockbuster franchise, and he's taken over from Ryan Coogler as director it's his directorial debut, as we mentioned earlier. So this very well could be 
a puff piece kind of article about Michael B. Jordan, his directorial debut, his love life, his acting roles, because they go back to the beginning, even before Wallace. And Mr. Wallace does a run through of, of Michael B. Jordan's significant acting roles. But he takes Michael B. Jordan's story and he makes it bigger than him. He talks about what Michael B. Jordan means as an actor, how he chooses his roles, who he represents, and how he's this black kid from Newark who came from a two-parent family who saw his potential and nurtured him and supported him. And he takes that nugget of potential and he uses it to talk about Tamir Rice specifically, but then also Oscar Grant and Breonna Taylor and Sandra Bland and Tyree Nichols. And he talks about how Michael B. Jordan was able to explore and realize his potential and how so many other black people have not been granted. It should be a right, but in America, it's a privilege. I want to read you this portion. He said, um, this is what I mean by potential. Oscar Grant, Mike Brown, Breonna Taylor, Sandra Bland, Tyree Nichols. We not only lose the people, we lose their potential. The possibility of what they could have become. This is not just for people who are killed, but for those who witness violence, experience complex and debilitating trauma, are dumped into the criminal justice system before they are old enough to drive. All of that potential, untethered from its source, floating around. Where does it go? What happens to all of that possibility? Sir took this article, this cover story on Michael B. Jordan that's going to be widely read because he's an A-list celebrity. He's on the cover of Rolling Stone. Everyone, their mother is talking about this cover. He took it and he turned it into something bigger than Michael B. Jordan. Or oh, some real like Dap Dunlap, Spike Lee type message. I appreciate him for that. I don't know Cornell Wallace. I'm going to find him on Instagram and slide in his DMs and tell him like, bro, you did the damn thing. But if he don't check his DMs, somebody who know him, tell him, you did good, bro. You did real, real good. Proud of you. What else do I have on here? On this list of things to talk about. The Super Bowl. I stayed up until 3.30 a.m. I couldn't find a live stream, but the NFL was posting its heart out on YouTube. They put up Babyface's rendition of America the Beautiful and then Cheryl Lee Ralph lift every voice and sing. I think maybe within 10 minutes of it airing. So I was hoping that I could stay up and Rihanna could perform. And then if I waited another 10, 15 minutes, it would go on the NFL channel. I made it until... I want to say like 3.15, 3.20. And then when I woke up, it was 7 a.m. And I logged on and everyone was like, is Rihanna pregnant? I went to YouTube and I refreshed. The NFL channel had the entire halftime show. They had all of Rihanna unedited. And I was like, is America okay? Like, did everyone look at a visibly pregnant woman and then have to ask, like, is she pregnant? Do we not know what pregnant women look like anymore? And some people were like, yo, she could have had fibroids. She could have just been bloated. Maybe she had too much gluten. And I was like, I mean, possible, possible. I know people with fibroids. I know people with gluten allergies. I know people who are just chubby, right? I'm a chubby. It's okay. I don't know myself or other chubby women or people with fibroids or gluten to like visibly rub their tummy protectively. That's something that's pretty much reserved for, you know, pregnant women. Literally, the, the opening shot of Rihanna is her rubbing her belly, which appears to be a five to six month pregnant belly at minimum. 
And then people were like, well, you know, we've been trained not to ask women if they're pregnant because it's rude. And I was like, but, but it's not like everyone held their tongue. Like everyone watched a visibly pregnant woman and no one said anything all up and down my Facebook and Twitter feed. Everyone was like, is she pregnant? Is she pregnant? Is she pregnant? Is she pregnant? You're not asking her, but you're asking. It's still rude the, the same way. But I was like, you, you couldn't look at her until she was pregnant. The rubbing of the belly didn't give away that she was pregnant. Okay, America. I watched the performance. I wasn't mad at it. There's been so much debate about this performance. Like people take shit really, really, really personally. Like people have been arguing and like name calling and ill subliminals about people who liked the performance versus people who didn't. I personally liked the performance. I didn't love it. I liked it. Short of the pregnancy, it's exactly what I expected from Rihanna. I feel like people who are mad at Rihanna's performance either have never seen Rihanna perform before or are misremembering how Rihanna has always performed. Even if you haven't been to a concert, you've seen her at an award show. She don't really give a lot. She'll give you an outfit. She'll have some dancers in the back. She'll give you a presentation of show, which is exactly what I thought she gave at the Super Bowl. But people are like, oh, her energy looked low. Yeah, one, she's visibly pregnant. She's at least five months pregnant. Do some women have tons of energy while they're pregnant? Yes. Do some women not? No, maybe she's one of them. Still, Rihanna not pregnant never gave you a bunch of energy at a show. People are like, you know, Beyonce gives, Rihanna's not Beyonce. People are like, well, when Beyonce was pregnant, Beyonce, again, Rihanna's not Beyonce. Even non-pregnant, Rihanna was never giving you what Beyonce gave when she was like a million months pregnant with the twins. It's just not who she is. Rihanna has always been a visual artist and there's nothing wrong with that. Rihanna is a good haircut. It's a good face beat. It's a good fashion moment. It's a good body. It's, it's the constant transformation, kind of like Madonna-esque. Every album comes with a new look. For Umbrella, it was the bob. And then after that, it was like the super shortcut, which was adorable. And then there was red hair for the whole promo of one album. That's what she gives. She's visual and she picks great songs. That's the other part hit after hit after hit because at the Super Bowl like and I'm a Rihanna fan but she did like all these songs like back to back to back and I was like oh damn that was huge damn that was huge damn that was huge and I can still sing along to every single one of them all these years later it's been about seven years since Rihanna's last album I don't know what people wanted that's not true people wanted more energy they wanted more show and I was like yeah you wanted more show than a five to six month pregnant woman suspended in the air you wanted more than that okay you're entitled to that. I'm not mad at you. I respect that people like what they like. I, I, I respect that people had the expectations that they have. I just don't know where you got your expectations from. Like people are like, oh, it's a halftime show. It's supposed to be like, knock it out the box. Have you, have you seen Rihanna before? Like that's not what she does. Every, dare I say, everything about it was actually on brand. Like, Rihanna is known for not giving a fuck. She very much looked like that when she was on stage. She just gave us a few dance moves here and there. She gave us some vocals, which they were consistent with what Rihanna's vocals have always been. She gave us fashion. She gave us a nod to Andre Leon Talley's red puffer cape coat. Her dancers wore Fenty. I thought they were white. And somebody else was like, no, the dancers were in puffy petal pink. And I was like, really? It looked white. And then I went back and watched it. And I was like, lo and behold, the dancers are in pink. I drew the line, though, when people were like, Rihanna wasn't wearing red. She was wearing fuchsia. And I was like, you need to adjust your screen. Rihanna shows up with like no fucks giving. She gives you a fashion moment and then everybody talks about whatever it was that she did for like the following week. Is that not exactly what happened with the Super Bowl? Consistent. 
I thought the choreography was amazing. I thought the dancers were amazing. I thought the choice to put them in the puffy outfits was adorable. At some point, there was like a crowd of like of dancers in the puff running onto the field, and it was just like a great visual. And then Rihanna suspended in the air, singing shine bright like a diamond. And then everyone had their cell phones up, like so the sparkling diamond, and then the fireworks go off. And I was like, you wanted more than that? You wanted more than that? I mean, I understand it wasn't Beyonce or Michael Jackson or Prince. I get it. I think there was just a lot of slander about that, about that performance that was just really undeserved. They were like, just because she's pregnant doesn't mean she can be lackluster. And I was like, yo, she's pregnant. The fuck? Give her some grace. I don't even think she needs to seek grace on this one. Just give her some grace. She's pregnant, goddammit. <sighs> People. I think you got like a lot of, a lot of audacity to criticize the energy levels of a visibly pregnant woman. If you didn't know she was pregnant, if you're like, oh, she's two months, we couldn't tell. So we said crazy shit. And then we found out later, like, oh, she was pregnant the whole time. Okay. A visibly pregnant woman. People. 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 No. <sighs> All right. I'm out to wrap this. I'm out to go edit. I don't think we had anything else significantly interesting this week. If there's anything I missed, I'll be back on Friday. But I'm about to go edit and get this up for you and then prepare for my Zoom at like 11 p.m. <laughs> my life, my life, my life, my life. All right, talk soon, y'all. Bye. Oh, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs>